Good morning and welcome to Vermont Viewpoint. This is Brad Furlan, your host, here on a Monday holiday for a lot of people. George Washington's birthday, Abraham Lincoln's birthday. Uh, so if you're off and enjoying the day, maybe skiing, a little chilly, but uh, good thing to be doing. I uh, hope you're enjoying it. Uh, we have a great show today. We're going to, um, our first hour, Joan Shannon from uh, Burlington uh, is joining us. She's council person and running for mayor in Burlington uh, for the March 5th election. Then we're going to head over to Johnson and talk with uh, town select board member Shane Spence, who uh, will update us on uh, things in Johnson and uh, also the, some flooding updates there, the, the politics and the flooding over there. And at 10.30, we head over to St. Albans to talk with Jack Brigham, who's longtime select board member running for the two-year seat in uh, St. Albans town. So a uh, whole bunch of things. If you want to uh, join our conversations this morning, give us a call at 802-244-1777. We welcome your call. And we can't do radio without our listeners. So I want to go to the phone lines. Uh, Joan Shannon, uh, welcome to Vermont Viewpoint. Good morning, Brad. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's great to have you on. Um, my dis- uh, disclose, I'm an old Burlington boy. I was born in Mary Fletcher Hospital, which ages me quite a bit. And uh, <laughs> did a lot of sledding on Mary Fletcher Hospital Hill. When I was a kid and, and all of that. So Burlington's, uh, close to my heart. And what part of Burlington did you grow up in? Well, all over the place. Uh, I unpacked my room, but my, uh, my mom was a single mom. So we went from Loomis Street to Mansfield Avenue to, you know, we were all sort of all over the place. Huh. Uh, but, uh, and I had a lot of paper routes too, so I got to know the city that way, but I was only 10 years old, so I wasn't in politics. Um, so you, you have, uh, you sort of came to Vermont, I think around 39 years ago, looked like you were teaching sailing back in the old days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're aging me now too. (laughs) Um, yeah, I was a college student in Pennsylvania, and my sister went to UVM. She set me up with a summer sublet because, if you remember, in the 1980s, we didn't have the Internet to find housing or anything like that, so it was helpful to have uh, my sister here. And she wasn't she wasn't actually here that summer, but she had done the work in advance to um, set me up with some friends of hers. Uh, so I lived in an attic on Hungerford Terrace, and taught sailing that summer out in Mallet's Bay. Uh, and then I just fell in love. I was teaching adults, actually. And so I met a lot of different people. Like I would teach um, three different classes a week and just meet lots of Vermonters. And that's, you know, the combination of the lake and meeting people that had this deep sense of gratitude for this place was really eye-opening for me. And that's when I... You know, I started to think that this was some place that I really wanted to stay. I didn't want to go back to Pennsylvania. Yeah, and and you did stay, and uh, um, eventually got married, and and all of that. And uh, I, I saw in your bio, you you did a degree in government uh, at Franklin and Marshall College. What was 
what was the sort of the driver for for government and and for public service for you? Yeah, the the interest in government probably went back to a fifth grade teacher. Actually, um, we started you know just learning basic civics in in fifth grade, and I was enamored with it. Um, and so when I went to college, yes, I became a, a government major. And then when I came to Vermont, uh, it was more kind of like, how do I make a living and stay here? It wasn't, I never actually wanted to be an elected official <laughs> mm. <laughs> because, you know, the electric, the, the elected official is the person really standing out front. I wanted to be the person behind the scenes making government work. Um, and that is just not the path that presented itself for me, I guess. Yeah, uh, that's clear. <laughs> You've been a long-time <laughs> council member, uh, and we'll get to that. Uh, but you also sort of the uh, – let's get back to the ambiance of Vermont. Uh, you Were there role models of fifth-grade teacher, but uh, sort of family members or, or others who had done public service or – no, my um, my dad. There were kind of dinner conversations, mostly mostly with my dad, who would express many opinions, such as you know why you know why are we being taxed so much. He, he would just he would just talk about things at the dinner table, and I had four sisters, so we had a big dinner table, um, and. I was the one who was always kind of interested in what he was saying and often kind of arguing with him because he was uh, he was a Republican and I was in public schools being taught all kinds of liberal ideology. Mm. <laughs> and so that, you know, I would challenge him. But it was, you know, it, things weren't as polarized then as they are now. So. It wasn't the vast differential between, you know, Donald Trump and like AOC. Right. It was it was reasonable conversations where you know we could listen to each other and and learn. And thankfully, he, uh, despite his not agreeing with me, he really I think enjoyed that I was, you know, I was. 10, 12 years old and engaging in this conversation with him. Yeah, quite remarkable. And in a day when families actually sat down and had dinner together. So there's something to that, too. Uh, yeah, our family had had very uh, – that was – yeah, dinner was at 6 o'clock. Um, and that was, that was always firm. Everybody was there for dinner. Yeah, yeah. I don't. The edict on our house, you had to finish everything no matter what. So that was always oh, challenging yes. at times. <laughs> there were times I would just be sitting there alone, looking at that squash. <laughs> totally relate to that. I could possibly choke it down. <laughs> so dogs, dogs have been in your life. It sounds like. Yes, we grew up. It's funny. Um, now these uh, old pictures are showing up of me. My my campaign has gotten a hold of old family photos and stuff. And it's interesting looking back because in the family pictures, 
uh, Kurt Wright actually pointed this out. I'm the one always with the dog. <laughs> so there's five of us, but I'm the one in the picture who's always hanging on to the dog. And, uh, yeah, so as as an adult, um, we, my husband and I got our first dog, and when we lost her, I started he, – he didn't want a dog, um, which – surprised me because our first dog was his baby. So I started bringing in foster dogs since he didn't want a dog. I just, you know, bring in temporary dogs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) You figured a system out that works. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So, so we ended up adopting, you know, my husband loves dogs and uh, he was just so heartbroken after the first one. Yeah. And yeah, so through that, we ended up having usually three dogs at a time with, you know, foster dogs. And then some of the foster dogs got adopted. And um, it's been, I don't know, the last, the last 15 years, we have had probably as many, as many dogs. Wow. Um, well, dogs are great. Um, they, they have unconditional love. I think we've, and it's a good lesson in life too, uh, for sure. Yeah. Um, so you, uh, took on a career that gave you a little flexibility to, to earn money and to be a mom. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. I actually, um, I had my own business manufacturing long torso swimwear and, uh, I was at first manufacturing it over at 40th and Allen and then um, both in for- at 40th and Allen and in Canada. And I was going to trade shows and um, I that's what I was doing when I first got on the city council. And then uh, I stopped going to trade shows when I had my daughter. So the business was kind of winding down um, because it wasn't expanding at that point um, because I just, you know, I couldn't travel so much. Then we had uh, Burlington Telecom, which started consuming even more time. So I always say Burlington Telecom kind of ate my business. (laughs) So after that, I became a realtor, um, which worked pretty well, both for being a mom and serving on the city council and there's also a little bit of work between my business and guardian angels and time management so that one um miraculously when one was really busy the other one would be a little bit more quiet which i can't account for any other way other than to say my guardian angels were kind of managing things to some extent it's always nice when they do that, um, I find, and I rely on that. Uh, so, <laughs> so um, get, being a realtor um, also gave you sort of a, a, a travels around the city, I imagine. You, you saw a lot of housing and a lot of homes and understood the values and how hard it was to get in and, and all of that. Yeah, you know, I sell real estate um, throughout Chittenden County and beyond in in Grand Isle, sometimes Addison. And um, but I probably sell more real estate in Burlington than any place else. 
it's pretty profound what's happened in real estate since the pandemic. You know, prior to the pandemic, we had very much a seller's market where, you know, everything had multiple offers and um, intense bidding wars. But before the pandemic, I could find a first-time homeowner housing, you know, even in Burlington for, you know, I said in December 2019, I sold a new North End ranch for $260,000. It was very livable. It had a two-car garage and a nice yard. And the housing pavement for that very young family was um, for the mortgage, just the mortgage and interest, that was about $1,000 a month. If that same family were buying that same house today, their housing payment would be three times that because the values have gone up about 80, 85%, but then that's combined with interest rates, um, you know, going up to 7%. It's a little bit less than that now, but um, that's just had a really profound impact, much more so for for families that need financing than for the families that have cash. Yeah. Uh, so, and that also impacts renters when prices go up like that. Yeah, it it we've had the chamber on, and the definitely housing has been a major. Uh, um, issue really or challenge for them they're talking about needing anywhere from 40 to 80,000 new homes in Vermont and um in in Burlington really the um s- certainly something you're facing there uh Exactly. So back in uh some sometime around 2002 you call back to Pennsylvania and say uh to your dad that you're running for city council did it go anyway like that at all? Did you let him know? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it didn't, didn't happen like that. Um, my dad, uh, part of, part of what ended up, um, keeping me here in Vermont was my dad became terminally ill back in 1985 when I first came here that fall, my dad became terminally ill. Um, and in, we lost him in about five months time. So I had lost my dad. So sorry. Way, way before then. Um, but 2002, I had, um, I had a baby in my arms and I was kind of dissatisfied with my representation on the city council. And I was trying to recruit somebody to, uh, to run. And these two women came up to me at an NPA meeting. And they were trying to recruit me to run, but I had my baby in my arms and sure, nobody asks a woman with a baby in her arms, to, <laughs> you know, who works and to, to run for city council. And I said, you know, I, I can't, you know, I have this baby and my husband works 80 hours a week and travels a lot. And I, I said, I couldn't possibly. And they said, well, we'll babysit. And I ran out of excuses. <laughs> so I wasn't being very successful in recruiting somebody myself. There's, you know, often not a lot of people beating down the door to do this work. But um, I had been very active in my neighborhood in 
doing some community organizing in my neighborhood, hosting a community fair. And I just really wanted, um, I really wanted our voice to be heard at the city council. So, um, yeah, so I said, I said, yes, I debated whether or not I would run as a Democrat or a independent. Um, I was running against a progressive, so I didn't think of myself. I, I really thought of myself as an independent, and I did not want to sign up with a party um, because I didn't want anybody telling me how I was going to vote. But I needed a political party because I did have this baby, and it was going to be very. I couldn't. I couldn't really run the campaign alone, and I've. Never regretted that. I mean, the Democratic Party has been wonderful. They were wonderful in helping me get elected. And um, it's it is the big tent party. Uh, I nobody ever really told me how to vote. You know, we we would discuss discuss the issues often rigorously debate the issues. Um, the Democrats often don't vote a hard party line. And so I felt supported, um, and when I have not voted with the party, I've appreciated that people have been willing to kind of respect when I'm going my own my own way. Yeah, good to hear. Uh, we're talking with Joan Shannon, running for mayor in Burlington. If you want to join our conversation, 802-244-1777. Um, a lot of politicians over the years who would love to have a baby to be in pictures with and kiss. So you, you, you prearranged that very well. <laughs> oh yeah. I used to campaign with her, you know, she'd be in a backpack on my back and, you know, the campaigns are always in the dead of winter. Um, so I'd be knocking on doors and she would be on my back. And when I became a city councilor though, uh, she, that might not have been quite so convenient for either one of us. Um, she had to go to a lot of meetings, like from the time she was one year old. Uh, I would sometimes arrange naps. So, you know, some people might say it wasn't the best mother, but <laughs> I would arrange her, her naps so that she'd be napping during a meeting and she'd come to a meeting in the bucket. And um, she, interesting, she became very interested. She loved going to city council meetings. When she was really young, like four years old, I took I had to take her with me to some event in Battery Park and Madeline Cunin was speaking. And so I wanted to get her something to occupy herself so that she'd be quiet while Madeline was talking. So I set her up on a picnic blanket and they had some vendors and I came back and I said, Hey, you know, skinny pancake is here. I can I can get you something and and she didn't respond. And so three times I said, you know, skinny pancake is here. It was her favorite. And she shushed me hmm. because she was listening to Madeline talk. Wow. How great is that? <laughs> we, we talked a lot on this show about, you know, the apple falling far from the tree or not. And, uh, so it's really interesting, um, people's journeys maybe in, at some point, your daughter will be on the show running for president. Who knows? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, my daughter, yeah, my daughter became the um, 
editor of she's she's more going in in your direction maybe Brad she was the editor of the BHS Register and then um, she's currently at college and she was the editor of her college paper as well. Um, well, we love journalism and writing and 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 all of that. So great for her. We're talking with Joan Shannon, uh, running for mayor in Burlington. You got on the council back in, you know, 2002 time frame. Have you been on the council ever since continually or did you have a break in there? Uh, no, I came on the council in 2003 and <clears throat> yes, I've been on the council continuously since that time. And uh, you've had a lot of hats, I read on on the website uh, in the council. Can you, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I became um, council president uh, at the point when Mayor Weinberger uh, became mayor. And uh, so I was council president for three years at that time. And, you know, we have a lot of different committees. We have lots of subcommittees on the city council. So I have served on, I'm not sure if I've served on, uh, I actually don't, I haven't served on the public safety committee, um, but I have served on the ordinance committee for many years, the charter change committee. Um, I was chair of the parks, arts and culture committee. Uh, yeah, we have had, I've, I've done the rounds. Yeah. I'm the chair of the license committee. So as a uh, council member, you, you had a lot of hats, and but you were representing a, a ward. Um, how is it different running now for mayor? What, what do you see as sort of the bigger challenges for you? Well, it's, it's a pretty I, – I went from representing Ward 5 to representing the South District, which is Wards 5 and 6, and that's m- – that's about a quarter of the city, the quarter of the city that is south of Main Street is the area that I currently represent. But you're one of 12 city councilors. You know, as mayor, you are in charge of the entire administration of the city. So it is still a big step. You know, I have been involved in um, the decisions that are, that have been made as you know, had an active role in that for 20 years. But a lot of those decisions, they come from what is presented by the administration, which is which is full-time. I have had my own initiatives along the way. Um, but there's, you know, this is a very big and important step for me, I would say. And are you learning sort of new parts of Burlington by virtue of the fact that you're you're out campaigning as as for a mayor position? Yes, and people are really interested to share information and their perspective and just information that they find about what is working in other parts of the country and that's been that's been really wonderful. You know, the theme of my campaign has been all hands on deck, and that is an invitation to people to to share your expertise um, with me uh, and to step up and try and help Burlington because we're we're in a pretty tough spot right now, and it isn't something that one person is 
going to change. It's going to take all of us stepping up to the plate. So, uh, and also I've have had, you know, many discussions with department heads and city workers, um, nonprofits in the area to understand their role. Nonprofits in, in some, in other states, I think government does many things that in Vermont are done by nonprofits. Nonprofits are funded by, they, they get federal funds through state government, um, <clears throat> where in other areas, a municipality might get those funds. So talking to our nonprofits and having relationships and partnerships with nonprofits is critical to running a city. And one of the things I think we're reading about a lot is is public safety. And you've had some endorsements uh, on, on that, uh, people looking at you as someone who can make a difference. Can you tell us more about that challenge and, and the, sort of how you're going to head forward with that? Yeah, the city of Burlington has four unions that we negotiate with. Um, and those are the police, the, fi- the police union, the fire union, AFSME, which covers a lot of workers in the parks department, public works, and administration in all the different city departments, as well as IBEW, which is the electrical workers. And I am very, very proud to have the endorsement of all four unions. And, you know, the unions really do know what we need in city leadership and the unions across the board are concerned with public safety and also concerned that there, that we'll have a mayor that's going to listen to the concerns of the, of the unions. So public, you know, we can, our first responders, police and fire unions, they came out and endorsed me before the caucus which I don't think they have ever done before. Um, But the thing that is happening, and I think most of us see this, is that it's not just those first responders that are now on the front line of the opioid epidemic and all of the, um, you know, all of the public safety issues that come with that. It's our library workers, it's our public works employees, our parks employees, everybody is, uh, you know, our downtown workers, the, you know, people who, who are working in shops and, and uh, serving food um, have regular encounters with people who are, uh, who are either acting in very disruptive ways or sometimes in very dangerous ways. So public safety is a, is a big concern. And I also want to say, you know, it's not just Burlington. We're having these issues throughout Vermont and throughout this country. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about that. And uh, the substance use addiction um, challenge is, is big for everybody, as you point out. Um, so along with that, I mean, housing and, and financial security and all of that is part of it. Uh, with public safety, is that you had mentioned earlier that you know housing is in your bailiwick? Um, are there some 
some goals or solutions for for that? Yeah, and you had mentioned, Brad, the severe shortage of housing in Vermont. It impacts our, you know, businesses can't hire employees because employees can't find housing here. Um, people are living on the street, and there's a combination of issues. One is a lack of housing. Many people came here from out of state. Um, many people are able to do that these days because they're working remotely. But if they're working remotely, they aren't filling the jobs that we have here locally. And that is everything from um, waiting on tables to being a plumber, an electrician, or a lawyer. There's, uh, it's the full spectrum of workers that we have a shortage of now and that those workers are having trouble finding housing. So we also have a lot of people who have ended up completely unhoused and many of those folks, um, you know, it's when you're living on the street, some people got into this situation because of their addiction. Some people become addicted when they end up living on the streets. Um, there's different, there's a lot of, of different issues coming into play here, but we absolutely need more housing. And my approach to housing has been what I call um, a hybrid housing first treatment first approach. For most people, if they can get housing, they can start on a path to recovery from, um, you know, from whatever it is, just rebuilding their life, getting a job, starting to provide for themselves again, or many people need mental health treatment or substance use treatment. And once you get housing, you can start rebuilding your life. And that works for most people. But there are some people who actually, you know, Decker Towers is kind of an example. There's been a lot of light shined on what's happening there. And there are people with substance use disorder who are, you know, they're dealers in the building. Um, they're not doing well. They are housed, but they're not doing well. Uh, and either because their addiction leads them to, inviting dealers into the uh, in, into the housing or because they are dealers who are being being housed and this is victimizing other people in the building so we can't we can't have that you know you have to be able to get along with people you have to be at a place in your life where you have some um you know some ability to take care of yourself and not victimize others. Yeah, it's it, it's definitely is a is a gigantic challenge. But your your all hands on deck approach um, seems to bring in a lot of resource to that. We're talking with Joan Shannon running for mayor in Burlington. Want to go to the phone lines? Thomas from Williston, welcome to the show. Okay, hello. Uh, a couple of observations and uh, 
situations that have occurred in the last 12 years and most of and some of them in the last five you have a sanctuary claim against the people of Burlington and Vermont and that's not been explained fully but it gave a chance to prevent the proper policing from the federal and the local area, creating a sanctuary for drug dealers. That needs to be removed. Uh, the mayor made a second, that's number one, the sanctuary for the state of Vermont and Burlington. This is what brought your drug dealers in and the protections they've needed and the guns they needed to carry. Number two, the council created the sanctuary. Number two, the, the race-based claim and charges the mayor made against the people of Burlington and Vermont. And uh, this came in 2021, and this is a big deal. And uh, if you want to get along with people, call them a race, a racist, and and provide a sanctuary for people that don't have to be in America legally. So, answer what you can do if you want to get along and improve life in Vermont. And um, and we have a political class in Burlington. Okay, the question is, the political class wants to get a, a raise every year, a step pay, and how do the uh, people that don't have a government job or a business keep up so okay. they can either stay on or yeah, get off? Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll turn it over to uh, Joan. Thanks, Thomas, for um, joining us. A uh, lot, of, lot of questions there, Joan. Do you want to? <laughs> yeah. So, um, first of all, Burlington is not a sanctuary city. Um, and I don't believe, I, I cannot think of a case where um, anybody who has been here illegally has um, has committed, you know, a gun-related crime in Burlington. Uh, there may be one, but certainly we've had, sadly, many gun-related crimes, and they are uh, American citizens. Um, so I don't think that that has anything to do with the problems that we're facing. We do have a lot of um, drugs that are coming into this country from Mexico, but uh, they probably make a few stops before they get to Burlington, so I don't think it has anything to do to do with Vermont. Um, so I don't know. It was a little bit hard for me to follow what the caller was saying, but I don't think that um, you know we have a lot of problems, but I don't think that they're based on it's has nothing to do with people being here illegally, with people not being Americans. They they are Americans. Right, right. 
And we talked about polarization earlier, Joan, and you, your campaign has been the opposite of that. Really, all hands on deck is 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 looking for all resource. Is that the is that what you're hoping for? Yeah, you know my my view is that running a city should not be a highly political activity. Um, you know, we have basic needs and the ability to provide for basic needs in the city. And I'm really proud to have the support of a 20-year city progressive city council veteran, um, Jane Nodell. I'm very proud to have the endorsement of a two-time progressive party chair, Tiki Archambault, and also strong support. You know, I won the Democratic caucus and in the first round in a three-way race. And I have support from Republicans and conservatives as well. Um, My, my approach is that, you know, we can't, we need to change things and we can't uh, get married to any one political ideology. We have to be open to ideas from both the left and from the right. Um, there are communities all over this country struggling with the same issues that we're struggling with. And there are, there are red states that are finding some things that work, blue states and, um, liberal communities. One of the things that I think we're really seeing is that communities that are making progress on homelessness have room in their shelters. And that is one thing we do not have here in in Burlington or in Vermont. We do not have adequate basic shelter for people. And the state has really been struggling with, um, uh, you know, the hotel program. But the hotel program is extraordinarily expensive to run. And then, you know, we're told that they're going to house people, you know, only in the in the cold months. Well, if you're only going to house people in the cold months, then you're going to have people camping all over our local communities when it's warm. And that's not right. Um, it isn't legal to camp uh, on public lands for the most part. And what are people going to do if they have no other option? So it's it's a two-part issue. Government has some obligation to provide a very basic public safety net. Um, And then we also have an expectation that people are going to obey the law. But it's it's a two-way street there. The other thing the caller had mentioned was something about the political class paying themselves. And I will say um, I've gotten a couple of raises on the city council and I am paid five thousand dollars a year to serve on the city council and i work um at different times between 15 and up to 40 hours a week um doing the work of the city council so i don't really think we're we're overpaid by anyone's standard is that around 80 cents an hour or something (laughs) (laughs) that may be illegal too maybe (laughs) (laughs) not sure uh, so how's the campaign going? I mean, it, you're, it's a really a new hat for you to run for mayor. What, what are, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's very exciting to talk to so many people. And one of the wonderful things is about running a campaign is 
is all the people that come out to support you, and they're not people that you necessarily know, and yet they're they're behind you and they're rooting for you, and that always feels great. Yes, um, you have some people who also don't know you who are vocally opposed to you, but <laughs> the good absolutely outweighs everything else. And I think that there is a lot of hope. There's a lot of people willing to step up and help our city in many different ways. And I think that there are a lot of us looking looking forward to a brighter future and understanding that we're going to really need to work for it. And all hands on deck work together. That seems to be exactly. the thing. Exactly. All hands on deck. Let me know how you think you can help. Yeah. So how can, uh, we've got about a minute, Joan. How, how can people get involved if they want? Uh, you can go to my web, website, which is joanformayor.com. And, uh, we have a lot of different events there and we would love to have you on our team. We've been talking with uh, Joan Shannon, uh, mayoral candidate. Uh, Joan, I want to thank you very much for spending an hour with us, and um, we wish you the best of luck in your endeavors and and for Burlington as well. Well, thank you, Brad. It was great chatting with you. This is Brad Furlan, Vermont Viewpoint, WDEV. Coming up on the on the sh- uh, show this morning, Shane Spence. From Johnson, he's town select board member. He'll be uh, filling us in on uh, things in Johnson. And then at 1030, uh, Jack Brigham of St. Albans Town, he's a select board member running for a two-year term. And he'll update us on small town challenges in, in St. Albans. Uh, this is Brad Furlan, Vermont Viewpoint. Uh, we'll be back after this.